and welcome to another episode of A Little Spooky. This is the show where we talk about things that spook us just a little bit, like aliens, cryptids, conspiracy theories, UFOs, or getting into your mom's minivan and discovering the only music she has available is a cassette tape of Andrea Bocelli. My name is Colleen. My name is Everett, and I don't know who that is. You're right up my senses. It doesn't help. I still don't know who that is. Well, Google it. I, I, did a, I did a pretty good impression, if you ask me. Are you dating how old you actually are by saying that story? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't, it's I, just It just seems like an old, fungal-ridden fogey. Your mom never had uh, an empty shoebox full of old mixtapes from the 80s and 90s? I just don't know who that is. That's all. Well, he's <laughs> timeless, according to my mom. <laughs> I just I just listened to the theme song from Halloween on loop when I was a child. Just right. why we're doing this podcast, really. Okay. Well, yeah. True. <laughs> what... Spe what, what are we talking about? Well, well, actually, I have a question, though, first. Okay. Speaking of Halloween, mm -hmm. what are you going to be for Halloween? What am I going to be yeah. for Halloween? Because we're children, and we have to dress up. I mean, I think that I just always go for the classic witch. It's the easiest to throw together. Basic. Yeah, yes. Get your pumpkin spice. I am not pretending to be anything other than a than a millennial white lady in northern Minnesota. Do I own leggings? Yes. I don't have a Han Solo vest or Uggs. But you know what? I wouldn't say no if someone sent me some. So, okay. ha. All proud right. of it. What would you be? I am going to be the ghost of the Donald Trump presidency. So, what, like 700,000 corpses? or Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> so, today, what I wanted to do, we've, we've been doing a lot of, like, cool conspiracies the past few months, but in finding topics, there's so many little conspiracies that I want to talk about, but they're just, like, not beefy enough to make a full episode about them. Yeah. So I just want to discuss some of my favorite conspiracy theories that I've come across the past few months. Because I just think they're fun. Some of them are very outlandish. Some are a little more probably true, honestly. You think? So there are some that you believe, potentially. At least one. And I'll tell you which one it is when we get to it. All right, I'm excited. I love conspiracy theories. Let's talk about trees. All right, I love trees. Trees are good. I'm trying to grow a tree. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I have actually two theories related to trees. All right, hit me. First one. A decades, perhaps centuries old conspiracy is actually becoming much more popular in the past few years. Some think that trees are actually a lot more alive than we can perceive. So trees may actually hold an intelligence that we're not able to understand. It's no secret that strong and healthy trees do tend to grow in groups together. And you could say that's because... A certain area may have rich soil, access mm -hmm. to nutrients and sunlight and, you know, regular rain. But others think it's because they're social beings that depend on each other. I fully would believe that for certain reasons. 
Hit me. One. They send out like warning signals. Yeah. And okay. Yeah, no, we're gonna talk about okay, that. Okay, we will. But also, I don't know if you've been on the tickety talk. Oh, lately. I have. I keep getting this because I'm a hippie, probably, and they they know me. But I keep getting this ad for this little machine. I can't remember the name of it. That has these little electrodes that you're supposed to attach to a plant. Because every plant sends out its own like electro mm. sounds. And it plays like a synthesizer based off the signals it receives from the plant. Which I mean doesn't necessarily prove that it's alive. But well, it's pretty, th- there pretty may awesome. Or, there may or may not be some truth to that. But I will say at least this specific conspiracy has nothing to do with electrical impulses. Sure. Right. So there's a German forester named Peter Wollaben, and he wrote a surprise hit book. Um, and I actually didn't even write it down. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> His whole idea, though, is that there's a secret life to trees and especially in forests. And he argues that trees thrive under certain conditions that allow them to easily communicate with one another. So when a tree from a close group or a coupling dies, the other of the pair or the rest in the group soon after die. So that may be some form of depression, maybe. <laughs> I, um, mean, I can see it, sure. Trees do not tend to grow into each other and allow other trees to share the sunlight. And he also argues that groups of trees are cognizant of their root systems and are very careful to avoid entering into each other's personal bubbles and stealing nutrients from another. Okay. So I also feel like those you could explain those. Yeah, those that may be just like a regular evolu- biological yeah. evolution thing. But here's where it gets a little more conspiracy related. Okay. So he thinks that they can send each other signals about droughts from across a forest, an invasive disease, or a surprise swarm of insects. And he believes that they can do this because of a fungal network yes. that connects the root systems of forests. And they're able to somehow send impulses to one another through this fungal root system. Yes, that's what I've heard of. So he says that it's a symbiotic relationship and that these fungal networks allow, of course, the trees to communicate while they're able to get a portion of nutrients from the root systems. Yeah, that's awesome. So apparently, if you believe that's true, every time you take bark from a tree or cut one down, you're killing something intelligent. That's why you have to ask permission first. Mm-hmm. Though, okay, that would imply that other plants then at least have the capability of turning into intelligent beings. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe trees are the big boys that are the mm-hmm. only ones that have this, like, well, I wonder intelligence. If, I wonder if, the, okay, trees are like the humans of the plant world. Like, what is the... What is the the great ape, you know, can communicate it's pretty intelligent? Shrubs. <laughs> well, here here's a second conspiracy theory. I just want to say, I don't know if I believe it. I kind of do. Part of me does. I don't know if it's because I actually believe it or I just really want to. I really hope trees are sentient. This other theory says that trees don't even exist. Oh, well, that's bullshit. Or at least they don't exist any longer. Um, all right, so explain that one. This is a much more fringe theory. Clearly. (laughs) But some people say 
that even the tallest of trees that exist today are mere saplings compared to what trees used to be. And they can't even be considered trees anymore because they're tiny little dwarfs compared to their full potential. And what evidence is he using for that? There, this isn't Peter anymore. This no, is just right. another I conspiracy. Guess conspiracy theorists I just referred to well, as we'll, he. Well, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it. So these, these believers of this theory think that trees used to tower even larger than mountains, maybe even hundreds of kilometers tall. But a variety of factors have eradicated true adult trees and prevent them from ever reaching their maturity. So some of these factors are deforestation, pollution, climate change, or, most popularly believed, a horrible event that happened millennia ago that made conditions no longer able to support giant trees. I think it's just bad vibes. The most popular evidence of this theory is what's called Devil's Tower in Wyoming. Okay. Do you know what Devil's Tower is? No. This is a giant rock structure that measures about 400 meters tall. And the scientific explanation of what this is, is that this is a volcanic plug coming from the ground. So what a volcanic plug is, is a rock formation that comes out of the crust of the earth due to immense pressure from an actual volcanic system below it. So is it volcanic rock? That's what they want you to believe. Okay. If you look up a picture of the Devil's Tower, it looks remarkably like a stump. Okay. So these people think that this <laughs> is actually the stump of a regular tree from thousands of years ago, and it's petrified over time. Uh, okay, do they have any other evidence? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I mean. Like, these theories, they're interesting and they're kind of fun to listen to, but there's not a whole lot of substance to them. I want to know who thought that was important enough to spend time trying to convince other people. Like, was there a website for this? Was it like a 90s website with a There's, rotating letter? I mean, and... I'm sure those exist, but this is more like... If you, if you know what you're looking for, like the actual subject, and if you just Google it, there's a lot of like actual like opinion articles from really small blog type things. About how trees don't exist. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Spend your time on anything else, please. <laughs> okay. Here is one that I think is actually true or maybe some truth to it. So China is currently the most populated country in the world. But only if you believe the Chinese government. Okay. <laughs> or the people of China who have come over here. Well, they exist, but they're not the largest country on earth. Okay. That's what the theory is. All right. So this this conspiracy has gained a lot of traction over the past few years. And even a uh, news source in China called the South China Morning Post released an opinion article that stated that the government has actually fudged numbers to give their total population an extra 115 million people more than the true number. So what the current rough estimated population of China, it's 1.4 billion. Okay. So this news source, Chinese news source, is saying that it's actually 1 to 1.500 million less. I was just going to ask, like, what difference does that make in when you get to those numbers? Gotta beat India. Oh, literally, that's the reason? That's what a lot of people think. Because that, I mean, that, 
they're not gaining anything by saying that's like one city. That's like making up a new city and putting it in China because they have freaking giant cities. And, yeah, but not that big. No, but I mean, fine. They they made up a couple new cities and we're like, yeah, these exist. The, the thing is, I believe there is truth to that statement where it's kind of a compared to the whole total population. It's kind of a minuscule number. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, about what, what would that be? About nine percent or so of the total population just added extra. But right. there's some other people that think the true population is closer to 500 million, which would be less than well, yeah, half. That's, yeah, that's drastic. Uh, I don't know if I believe that, but there is an agenda and a little bit of evidence behind that claim. So some of those supporting factors would be most popular, the one-shot policy that China has been doing over the past several decades, Meaning, up until recently. Like they did that as a front? No, 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 no. Just that that caused the population of China to dramatically decline. Sure. Okay. Yep. So that may be evidence for that. And that's just the most popular to international audiences uh, evidence of this. Right. But there's other similar programs where it involves like if you have more than one child, you have to pay a fee and mm -hmm. some people can't afford that. Um, otherwise, they provide access to affordable or maybe even free. I'm not sure. Birth control or I think abortions as well. Okay. So those are some factors, but why would they even want to lie about their numbers? Yeah, what are they gaining from it? So as I said, the the most popular theory is that they want to be India. So for a multitude of reasons, China and India do not get along well. Okay. Um, cultural differences, uh, territory, different states or nations that are in the area that they have conflicting interests over. Sure. Theorists just think that a Chinese or the Chinese government wants to be bigger, better, and stronger, at least in appearance. Yeah. But reason, I mean, reason two, okay. though, a large population distracts from the fact that the average age of the Chinese population is actually fairly old compared to most countries, much in part due to the previously mentioned one-child policy. I was going to mention that before. I mean... Uh, they're setting themselves up for economic disaster yes. in the future. So in order to combat that, if the Chinese population believes that there's more young people around than there actually are, more people are inclined to believe that others will actually be the ones to procreate and are more likely to take jobs to help stimulate the economy. Uh, okay. Reason three. If you lie about your population and make the claim that you have the largest population in the world, other countries, especially in your immediate area, would be more hesitant to go to war with you. So maybe China wants the world to think that they have expendable bodies to put on the ground, which may avoid possible invasions from their neighbors. Well, that's horrifying. That your government would just consider you an expendable body. You're just a red shirt. There's definitely evidence of that with... Soviet Every Union, yes, like no, I, World War II, just put keep putting bodies at the Nazis, and eventually you're going to overwhelm them. So I, I mean, that seems like a really arbitrary reason to beat India. I guess I don't know how petty governments really are. I'm sure it's worse than I thought, but eventually they are going to reach a point where. They do have that kind of population decrease because I think eventually I read there's somewhere. going to be too many old people that well, young people only, can no longer support financially. Not only too many old people, but like too many men. 
There is like way That's more true. men than women. I believe the preference is to have sons because I think the thought is they can care he, for you as you or uh, they can carry on your name. I, or, I think that is still the case, but especially more so in decades past. Yes. But um, even so, I mean, those people are now of procreation age mm-hmm. and there are only so many women to carry children. Well, that was the theory I thought was most believable. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? Maybe not to the point of there's, you know, only 500 million Chinese, but I think there is a possibility they are fudging their numbers. I didn't get into actual details because it would get too boring for this podcast. But like (laughs) there is evidence that they're like definitely lying about the age of school children, the the amount of school children in schools, because apparently in China, that's the main factor for their census is how many kids are in each school or something along those lines. Okay, I and it would not surprise me if a large government was lying about something like that. I just it's got to be for something other than to be better than India, please. I don't know. I mean, that seems like a lot of effort to go through just to be like, fuck you, India. We've talked about politics. We've talked about trees. Yes. Let's talk about something a little more weird. Okay. All right. I'm down. Have you heard of the Robert Golf glass camera? theory no those no none of those words go together it's no secret that intelligence agencies always try to find new avenues of surveillance that's literally their job mm-hmm. 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 there are many popular theories about intelligence agencies and their methods uh, all the way from cctv footage to tapping into phones or monitoring smartphones or maybe even having moles in secret meetings for governments. Okay. hmm DNA tracking. Lots of weird shit. There's a much less talked about theory that I thought was extremely interesting. Okay. In the 90s, the CIA and the FBI worked on a collaborative project to try and make cameras that could not be seen with the naked eye. This proved to be impossible. Of course, you need a camera and you can't like just make it so small that you can't see it, even with technology from the 2020s. Sure. You can make them pretty. You can make them pretty small, but you would still be able to see it if you looked for it. Right. Right. Well, if you knew it was there. Right. So camera can't be small enough. They can't make it invisible. But they found another avenue to try and have a similar result for having a small or invisible camera. Just last episode. We remote talked, viewing. Yes, we talked about remote viewing. So this theory states that they delved into additional remote viewing research beyond the other programs that were prevalent throughout America. Huh. Various agencies have been proven throughout the decades to actually read into this topic. So that was just recently declassified. Yeah. And there's similar stuff happening in other programs we haven't even talked about on this show before. All right. I didn't know that. The difference here is that the collaborative effort was supposedly much more successful. As they were not only able to train people in remote viewing, but they were actually able to record the experiences of the remote viewer. The viewer could project what they saw on an attached screen, which could be recorded. Okay, that's awesome. The problem, though, is that this practice is... Very draining on a person. Okay, sure. I can imagine. It takes a lot of 
psychic concentration. So even if you take breaks between sessions of very long periods, okay. the more times supposedly that you remote view, but also go through this process of recording it, mm -hmm. you are much more at risk with every additional time to die. Oh, really? Does because that, it's so draining on your mental state, apparently. Okay. There's got to be more science about that. One of the people that was one of the subjects of this study and practice was a man in the 1980s named Robert Golf, and he was a prominent psychic from the time. Okay. After participating in this project for several months, he conducted several of these remote viewings, uh, after one of which he died. And it was said that the first moments of arriving into hell were recorded. What? Wait, why did he go to hell? What did he do? What and was it like? Okay, go. We don't know, because apparently the only tape of this event was confiscated by the Catholic Church and is currently housed in the Vatican. <gasps> okay. Of all of those theories previously discussed, this is the most outlandish, but also... The most interesting. The mo well, yes, the most interesting, but I'm thinking, you know, like how sometimes people, they'll tell a lie, but then they'll tell a small truth to make their lie seem more believable. Mm -hmm. That's what Project Stargate was. It was like, fine, we'll give you this little bit of information so you think we've done something stupid and we've moved on, but really we're still working on it and holy shit, we, can, we just recorded hell. And how did the Vatican get a hold of it? Church and state. I, I had that same question. So is it like that the Catholic Church is more involved than we think they are? Or is there just a member of the scientific team that is a very devout Catholic? Or did someone just have a very religious experience after watching the tape? I don't know. But, uh, oh, I, uh, uh, also, I my know. other question is, how are they able to record it? Yes, they said they said they had the technology to do it, but it's like, are they just strapping the person's brain or something to a screen? Right. And I mean, I am no doctor, but how I I guess I don't understand how the death occurs. Like you can die of exhaustion. Sure. I guess I just don't understand how yeah, I think it's like physical exhaustion makes sense. I think it's kind of just very convenient a convenient plot device for this story because he had to die to reach hell okay yes the whole concept interesting the, the, i want to know why he went to hell did you look into this guy's background i don't even know if robert golf is a real person because when you search robert golf you can't find anything I that's had to, because the man doesn't want you to look too far into it i heard of this theory in passing from watching a random youtube video literally weeks ago and I just wrote it down because I wanted to maybe look into it more when I had the time. So when I was preparing this episode, I wanted to look it up. It took me literally like an hour to find any information on this that was substantial. Like it's and I don't know if that's just because it's such a unpopular theory or like story or if there like actually is just I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I mean, I guess I understand why the government would focus on remote viewing, but of all psychic abilities, that is not the one I would spend most of my time on. Well, if you're an intelligence agency, that's definitely yes. the most useful. Right. What about mind reading? Hmm? I, I mean, you can, you can achieve the same results that mind reading does through methods of like torture, really. Uh, maybe, but you still aren't like sure that's what they're thinking. 
true. I mean, torture has been proven to not necessarily Isn't there, <laughs> create, like, there, think of the Salem witch trial. But there's like a really common conspiracy theory that's like the CIA and the FBI have a actually successful truth serum too i think i've heard of that too so why would you need to read minds if you can just make them talk you know it's the truth well i guess because you don't know it's the truth the only way you know somebody is lying is if you can literally get into their head and see that yes we i am lying or you know they're telling the truth by forcing them to answer very specific questions and testing the results yeah, but that takes so much time. Wouldn't it take less time to train psychics in the military? <laughs> Let's get into a more spooky theory. Okay, well, I really liked that one, and yes, I will be going back to look into it. You, you're, I'm, you're not familiar with this, but you know of DMT, the drug. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of DMT elves? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. DMT is arguably the most powerful psychedelic drug on the planet. According to some people, I don't know. I've never done anything like that, but I've also heard of very powerful effects of other drugs, too. Uh, but apparently it's capable of producing extremely intense hallucinations. Mm -hmm. But at smaller doses, people will typically only see things like fractals or changing geometric shapes. OK, sure. So just kind of little like visual your, hallucinations. Your stereotypical movie hallucinations. Yeah, like the Beatles tripping on acid right, yeah. type hallucination. Got it. So. There was an actual study, and this is not a theory. This is an actual study mm -hmm. that was done by the Journal of Psychopharmacology, okay. where they surveyed more than 2,500 DMT users about their encounters with entities while tripping. Wait, wait, wait. Mm. I don't remember if it's Law & Order SVU or Criminal Minds, but there's 100% an episode about this. Where they see, okay, so they're like... Oh, man. God, I knew Criminal Minds would come in handy someday. There, there's like this lady and she's like all tripping out because somebody spiked her beverage with DMT or something. And there were these like staticky silver alieny elf type things. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen that. Oh, my God. I thought we watched it together. God. It's like we don't even live together. One one thing that I will say about Law and Order is how they always say this is not based on true events or it's true. Totally sorts. always. They, like they literally did an episode about George Floyd and just changed the names. Like it's just so funny how they just say it's not based on real events. Like they had an episode about the Slender Man stabbings. Um, right. A, they have to be legally covered, but B, they're doing the nation a service. Are they? By monetizing <laughs> horrific... People's pain. Yes, painful okay. events. So back to these DMT entities. Okay, sorry, go. In this survey, descriptions of the beings themselves varied greatly. So some said they were very similar to elves. Some said they, you know, appeared like aliens. It's just different types of beings that appeared to these drug users. Okay. But one constant among the surveyed people was that their experience was described as life-changing. Some of the test subjects claimed that the encounters altered how they perceived reality after becoming sober, similar to a religious experience, finding that respondents often considered these strange encounters to be positive and meaningful. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you, I've, you've heard of people having like a life-changing 
shrooms experience. Sure. I mean, I suppose any sort of psychedelic could do that. Let's too. talk about some actual numbers from the survey um, because it is kind of eye-opening. Okay. The majority of respondents believed that the beings they encountered were not hallucinations. Around 60% of those surveyed said that the experience was overall positive and they had feelings of joy and trust. Okay. Around 35% had feelings of mistrust or fear, and around 5% had feelings of disgust and anger. Interesting. That's the interesting one. These groupings of people use different labels to describe their encounters with these entities. So the larger group that had a positive experience described them as beings, helpers, or guides. Mm -hmm. The smaller group that uh, did not trust them used terms like aliens, elves, angels, and spirits. The smallest group that had a very negative experience used terms like monsters, gnomes, and corpses. Okay. But um, the, the point is they're all seeing an entity, like a, a sentient yes. entity. About two-thirds of the total group had received messages from the beings. Most were inspirational in tone, <laughs> okay. uh, such as to better themselves or make it their mission to do good in the world. Some messages were much more mundane. Like? There was one instance where the entity revealed where a lost lighter went. <laughs> okay. And there right. was another instance of an elf explaining to a person a series of NFL rules and regulations. <laughs> you totally wish that elf would visit me. You'd need some help with football for sure. <laughs> now, he, here, here's the most interesting part, and this is still the actual evidence from the study. Okay. 89% of the total respondents claim to have lasting improvements to their well-being after the study concluded. And before the study took place, roughly a quarter of the people claimed to be atheist, but after the study, only about 10% claimed to be atheist. So they might have believed they had come into contact with maybe angels or something. Whether it be like a Christian type thing like that, or they just had some sort of experience that made them think there's an afterlife or some sort of divine sure, 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 sure. deity. I don't know. And and the one thing I wasn't clear from reading the information about the study, because they said they uh, surveyed over 2,500 people. It was like 2,500 and some change. I don't know how many of those people actually said they encountered these beings, mm -hmm. but it sounded like it was a very large majority. Interesting, but it's uh, don't don't do drugs. We're not encouraging you to do drugs. Don't do drugs. But kids. it is interesting that it had such a. It kind of reminds me of Sleepy Time Scaries, in that people are, shared experience. Yes, it's a shared experience where like it could be something that happens in your brain. Well, it's likely something that happens in your brain. Well, it definitely due to is something happening in your brain. The or, question is, is it real or not? Or are you being like you can only see these alternate dimensional beings on DMT? Right. So that that's like the argument. Is it are you just having a similar experience to anyone because the human brain, while taking this specific drug, alters your mind in a certain way right. to make you perceive there's things around you that there aren't? Or is it allowing you to perceive things that you normally cannot do so when sober? Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. That's really interesting. 
Can you imagine like if you went to a cabin with all your friends, like somebody was like, let's all do DMT. It'll change your life. It's going to be great. And then you do it and you like wake up the next morning and everyone is like, I had the most beautiful experience where I feel so light and free and like I can do anything. And you are like, I don't know, like my elf explained like the history of badminton to me. (laughs) It's it's like that stupid Saturday Night Live sketch about alien encounters. So like uh, two of the three had like really good experiences and the other one just like got probed or whatever. (laughs) Yes, I forget. That's a great sketch. I have one last theory. Okay. Give it to me. I'm giving a content warning for this one. Okay. Some people take this subject extremely seriously and truly do fear implications after learning about it. The topic of this theory is similar to a tulpa. Okay. So for those that don't know what a tulpa is, it's a kind of monster or spirit or entity that is either created by something like a crowdsourced belief in it, or it's an entity that already existed but gains power when more people believe in it. That's like the Mm -hmm. brief explanation of what a tulpa is. Right. So the reason that I'm giving a content warning is if you're kind of prone to superstition or like actual belief in something like a tulpa, you may not want to even listen to this. Okay. Okay. Shouldn't be laughing. Believe your beliefs. So this theory is the belief in a type of tulpa called the solar plexus clown glider. (laughs) Okay. This is a collective term that's given to a very wide range of malevolent paranormal entities that feed on weak and vulnerable people through the solar plexus chakra. Okay. Now, I'm not very familiar with Hindu, like, beliefs and chakras and, like, that type of, like, spiritual energy. I don't much either. What I do know from very limited research on chakras is that the solar plexus chakra is the one that's in the middle. Okay. And it's, at least from my understanding, the most, like, important chakra to, like, your mental well-being. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I had to gain from that sure. limited reading about If anyone it. knows more, podcast at nerdsloft.com. So some people think that even hearing or reading the term solar plexus clown glider will leave you vulnerable to psychic attack. <laughs> Others think that there are a series of cursed images that will weaken your state and allow an entity to corrupt your mental and spiritual health. So the solar plexus clown glider feeds on misery and is said to give infected people horrible hallucinations. And these hallucinations vary from person to person, but a common type is to have visual and auditory glitches in the matrix that will drive the person to question reality. This leads to a decline in physical health, and the experience is often compared to withdrawal symptoms from meth addiction. The solar plexus clown glider is often described as a demonic court jester, Okay, but it sometimes is also described as an oozing slug or a writhing snake. There's really no accepted one visual representation of it because it's a wide array of different tulpa-like so creatures. Like it. Well, it's not one being, it's just a collective term for, because they all do the same thing. Okay. So others have trouble perceiving the true form of the entity at all, as it seems to slip in and out of the third dimension. 
All right. Now I want to show you a picture. Okay. This is the most common picture that's associated with this. Wait, you're knowingly showing me this picture mm-hmm. knowing that I may become a in meth withdrawal and you're going to have to deal with my funeral. I looked at it. That's you, suicide. You, you, that's you not chicken? homicide. Are you chicken? Yeah, fine. fine. Don't, I want you, you to call me a chicken. I want, I want you to really, really look at this image and not just like say, oh, this is stupid. Look at it for like a full five seconds. Describe what you see. That is absolutely horrifying. Okay, you know what it looks like to me? Um, you know that optical illusion where you you stare in the center of a page and then on like in your peripheral vision, they flip through pictures of people's faces and mm-hmm. then the faces slowly get more and more distorted. Yeah. But you can't really tell because you're you're, you're focused on the center. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. So this picture, and I, I don't know if we'll even post this on social media. If you if you literally just look this term up, though, if you're interested, it's like the it's first reason. Crown. It's the court jester image. Yeah, but jesters don't wear crowns. Well, it's not a crown. It's kind of like the little hat that has like the things coming out of it with little balls at the end. That's what it's supposed to be. It looks like the regular king's crown. So th- this image is like. Just a weird looking face with like a wide smile, but very tiny teeth in it. And like there's weird misshapen eyes and either a crown or a jester hat on top. And it's a black and white image. This is like the most popular uh, supposedly cursed image that represents the solar plexus clown glider. Um, And I think the reason it's called clown glider is because that's just like a similar term to a court jester. Mm, okay like like a clown just like a clown in general is similar to a jester but um glider is because they kind of flit in and out of reality i just want to know where like the chakra part came in i think okay and i didn't write this down because i didn't think we would actually talk about it but the supposed source of this is this new age movement that was very popular in western society in the 80s okay that took a lot of inspiration and ideas from Hindu culture, um, whether it be yoga or similar ideas, mm-hmm. and belief in chakras in general. I think this was from one of those communities. And then okay. it was kind of passed along as like a creepy urban legend. And then it's kind of just become a conspiracy theory where it's like a cursed image. And if you look at it, you're going to be haunted and see hallucinations. What if? There's something about that image. It's not actually a being of any sort, but there's something about that image that awakens you to the fact that reality isn't real. Like this isn't reality. And all of those people are actually just actually discovering that we're in the matrix. You know, and then they die because they die in the matrix and they've escaped to freedom. There were so many theories related to simulation theory that I wanted to talk about, but I felt like there's way too many. Well, and I felt like we've talked about that enough on this show. I feel like you got to mention it every episode. There are so many conspiracies that intertwine with each other too. Like Mm -hmm. this could fit into simulation theory. The, even the tree thing could fit into simulation theory. Like you, you could argue that any of these really could. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's a simulation, why the fuck not? Well, Exactly. Other than the Chinese one, I mean, it could, but I honestly think there is a little bit of- They're simulating extra people. I, I honestly think there is a little bit of truth to them fudging numbers, but not to the extent that we talked about, but- 
I, I can definitely imagine a government fudging population numbers. I'm just, I personally don't see the advantage. But, you know, whatevs. So those are at least the ones I had prepared. Um, can you think of any, like, weird theories, though, that, like, you all always think about, like, whether it's interesting or maybe you kind of believe it? No. I mean, not, not outside of, like, the popular ones, like, did JFK Yeah, I, I wanted die, to avoid ones where we could things. potentially do an episode about them, like a, a standalone episode. Right. Uh, but how about this, though? If you're listening to this and you have a theory that you want us to maybe talk about someday, send it over to us. I'll do that quick plug right now. Send it to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all are at NerdsLothHQ. Or email us at podcast at NerdsLoth.com. But wait, listener, this episode's not over because we're going to transfer ourselves from conspiracy theory to cold hard facts because i got some great articles for you mm. these are 100 percent true they're Be- from reputable this, news sources this one in particular is from bbc.com which i would like to believe this happened and this happened this is probably provable ready mm-hmm. shakira Rips don't lie. Singer attacked by a pair of wild boars. Oh, yeah. Pop superstar Shakira says she was the victim of a random attack by a pair of wild boars while walking in a park in Barcelona with her eight-year-old son. The animals attacked her before seizing her bag and retreating with it into the woods. She apparently went on Instagram, showed everybody the bag that was ripped, and she said they took her phone and they destroyed everything and she was very upset about it. And then she turned to her son who, and said, tell the truth. Say how your mom stood up to the wild boar. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite line, though. Shakira is the latest victim of the increasingly aggressive hogs that have invaded the Catalan capital in recent years. Okay. I, okay, I don't, how are there wild boars everywhere? I feel like if there were going to be wild boars, they'd be living up here in the Northwoods. So, yeah. Why don't we have any? Full full disclosure, Colleen and I were actually talking about boars a little bit before this episode (laughs) because we we were reading this together. Um, We were looking for information about the radioactive terror pigs that we had mentioned. Yeah, porkers. We had (laughs) talked about them a few episodes back. They're like in the exclusionary zone or exclusion zone in Fukushima after that nuclear disaster. But apparently wild boars and like them attacking people is much more common than you think about. So I was looking some information up about boars. Someone just died recently from a boar attack in Texas. And there's also a swarm of wild boars that is expected to cross the Canadian border into the United States. But around where? Like, I don't know. It didn't really around specify. These, these Minnesota parts? I, it didn't specify. I, I imagine it's closer to, like, Montana. I see. I am an, I fully believe that a wild boar is fearless and could murder you at any time. I, I mean, I'm sure, historically, you hear about kings murdered by boars while boar hunting. Yeah. But, um, like, I could in no way survive a wild boar attack. Look at me. I'm small. But apparently boars, wild boars in America are an invasive species. Sure. So if you see one, you are allowed to kill it on sight. Do you think they taste good? They probably taste better than most wild game, but they're probably not as good as a domestic pig. I don't. I just it is. It's horrifying. I actually. (laughs) 
<laughs> went for a walk this summer. I don't know if I already told this story on the podcast. I don't think you have. I went for a walk this summer. We live in like, you know, just just a residential downtown. area. Yeah, like close to downtown. And the downtown's not like big city downtown. It's just like a just small town. Yeah. Small suburban type area. And it was a yeah, nice, whatever. beautiful summer day. I'm going for a walk, just a stroll. And I decide why don't I go walk past the Third Street Bakery? That would be great. Yum, yum. Didn't I didn't actually go into the Third Street Bakery. I walked right past it because as I was walking past it, I hear... <laughs> and I look to my right, and there is a huge black pig just hanging out next to the bakery. It took a giant dump. Looked at me menacingly, took a couple steps forward, and I was like, whoa, pig, I mean you no harm. And then it went back to its little hovel. Yeah, and for clarification, not a wild boar in no. our parts, but it, I think it was someone's pet That's pig. A, I'm sure it was someone's pet. What else? I think it was like somebody thought they were getting a Vietnamese pot-bellied pig, and they thought it would stay small forever, but it turned into like a freaking... What would you estimate the weight of it to be? More than me. Uh, like 200 pounds it was huge maybe i'm i'm probably making it bigger in my mind over time it was probably uh, i don't know i mean it was probably the size of a german shepherd but like a bigger one and fatter and more low to the ground <laughs> anyways it terrified me pigs, pigs do are scary. tend to be low to the ground yes <laughs> i was not expecting to be going on a stroll downtown and seeing a giant pig take a dump at me menacingly. <laughs> it didn't take a dump at you. It took a dump near you. Well, first off, why do you... What? Who's just leaving an untethered pig in their yard? Come on. Anyways, it was cool. It would have been cool if it wasn't horrifying. This is... I don't do well with scary. All right, I have one other story. Enough about pigs. Yeah, fuck... Fuck them pigs. Just, I hope Shakira is safe. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> national she's fine. Treasure. Um, international interna treasure. You're right, you're right. International treasure. Okay. Report. Fort Campbell soldiers attacked by ninja. Whoa. <laughs> cool. Members? Maybe cool. Did anyone die? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Members of Fort Campbell's 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment were attacked by a ninja in September while training in California. A staff sergeant was outside an airport hangar when he was approached by a man with a sword who challenged him to a fight. What are, what's a ninja doing in California? I don't know. The assault took place at Inyokern Airport in the Mojave Desert sometime after 1 a.m. So, like, he was being... 1 a.m. is pretty late. It's dark. You, you can't be a ninja in daylight. Exactly. So the man apparently attacked him with a sword before the sergeant ran into a building and called 911. I hope it was like an actual katana, not just like some stupid broadsword or something. The attacker injured the captain by throwing asphalt through a window. Police later located him where they had to use a stun gun to take him into custody. The ninja was 53-year-old Gino Rivera. He was charged <laughs> with attempted homicide, brandishing a weapon, obstruction of a peace officer, and the discharge of their duties. Both soldiers required stitches for their injuries. So he was actually swiping at them with the 
the sword. Yeah, I mean, they started off with challenged him to a fight with a sword, but it ended up with them being attacked. So why challenge them if you're just going to attack them? Yeah, th- That's th- the spooky th- part. Th- did it say what his intentions were? No, that was the whole article. So I can't imagine he was, like, drunk or something if he was able to, like, get in ninja garb, carry a sword out to the desert... And then get onto a base of some kind and challenge military officers. I, there are some people who can get away with being able to do some crazy things while drunk. What sober person's dressed up like a ninja, with, like walking around with a katana and like going to attack a person who I assume is at least somewhat trained in combat being in the military? Yeah. Why? Why did they just run? Why didn't they engage? I imagine, as with any human, if one man has a sword and one man does not have a sword, the thing for the man with the sword to do is to leave the situation. Yeah, but if it's a military officer, I imagine he has a sidearm or something. I, I, and I'm not saying he should have shot him. I'm just saying, like, scare him. Yeah, I. It's just funny that like. Like a military personnel is just running away from a ninja on a base. I'm going to say you did the right thing. Call the cops. No one got hurt. Well, they got bad stitches. Beyond minor injuries, no one got actually hurt. But like, think about it. Now he can go home and be like, kids, I want you to know that I survived a ninja attack. And it's not even World War II. No. (laughs) Or like samurai era Japan. This is the Mojave Desert. I don't know. So props to you, military captain, for surviving the first ninja attack on California soil in a long time, I imagine. We're going to have to keep an eye out for potential ninja, like, clans or something in the area. Now we got to look out for ninjas. We got to watch for freaking wild boars. We might as well never leave our house. That's what we're not supposed to do anyway. Yeah, good point. Get vaccinated. Well, we already said it. We already did the plug if you want to send us something. But if you have a personal story, too, that you would like us to read on the podcast, send it over. We'd be happy to read it. Yes, would love that. And let us know what's on your mind. Maybe even an episode topic request. Yeah. And we'll be back at you next week with something tasty. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.